Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio, a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living. My guest today has, as she says, a foot in two worlds. We call one corporate sustainability and organizational development, and the other mindfulness and personal evolution. As someone who often feels that way about having a foot in two worlds, I was immediately drawn to have a deeper conversation with her. And that's what brings us to today. And for those bridge builders amongst you, those who look to make connections from outside in or to bring past expertise to new directions, listen in. You will not be disappointed. I'm Laurie Seymour, host of Wisdom Talk Radio and CEO and founder of the Baca Institute. Head there to discover your creative advantage by taking the Creative Innovator Quiz. Find out your personal creative innovator style so you can open your creative flow and make everything in life easier. Learn to optimize your ability to create more in less time while enjoying every minute. My guest today is Catherine Sherlock. She is the founder of Higher Mindfulness, which plays on the edge of human potential, elevating lives and leadership. Through insights and paradigm shifts, upending the norms of our times, creating coherence and transforming minds, she helps people change inner struggle to peace, enhance mental clarity, and connect with their capacities and potential. That opens the door to profound transformations in our quality of living and working. And I want to add to that, that also changes, in my opinion, the possibility for the profound transformation of our planet. Not to put too much on you, Catherine, but <laughs> <laughs> welcome. Welcome to Wisdom Talk Radio. <laughs> Thank you. Well, that's kind of all where it started was, I mean, th that relationship between that relationship between transformation and I, I have a master's in environmental studies, so... Mm -hmm. It's like me who started as a psychotherapist and then at some point became a solutions engineer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, because the answers weren't, you know, the answers that you saw that were needed weren't, weren't there. Exactly. They weren't being brought to the table. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, exactly. Now, one of the things that I'm really interested in is leadership. And, and I noticed that um, you t you've talked a lot about leadership and, and said that as it's usually developed, it's, it's broken. Yeah, it's definitely broken. Can you, what does that mean? Well, it means that we are approaching leadership from a very mental space. We're approaching it from the outside in. Mm -hmm. So when you look at all the, the training, most of it, if you look at a lot of the articles that are online um, that get posted all the time, there are things like, the 10 essential traits for leadership, the 10 must have characteristics. They, t and they go 10, 20, 15, 101 I've seen. <laughs> and, and, and the thing about it is, is that's outside in. That's trying that somebody comes up with a list mm -hmm. 
And the funny thing is these lists are all different. Like I, I do, I have, I've gone through them and I can't find anything in common except for communication. Wow. So you've got that, that that's the trait theory, that there's mm-hmm. these traits that are consistent with being a good leader. And if you just find those traits and then you try to adopt them, then you're going to be in good shape. And then there's the rules. If you look at conscious leadership or transformative leadership, they've all got these rules and they're like, you know, they're like, some of them are just kind of crazy. It's like, uh, you know, idealized, embrace your idealized influence kind of thing. It's like, what? (laughs) So, but again, it's outside in and it's, it's exhausting to be trying to adopt that. It's, it's not natural. It's not bringing out your natural leadership, your natural you as a leader. And it's also disempowering because you're trying to adopt these attributes and people end up feeling really fake and inauthentic. And they also feel like failures because they don't live up to these impossible to live up standards. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right? So that, they, are, that aren't for them anyway. That aren't for them anyway. And, and it, it, it creates self-doubt in leaders because all of a sudden you're going along and you have some problem and, and you think, oh, my gosh, I haven't applied that rule. You know, I'm supposed to be doing this. Mm-hmm. And, that, you know, that rule does not tell you. It's like it's all big on the what. All those things are big in the what, but very not so good on the how. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. And what what leaders are dealing with is this very complex, fast moving world, mm-hmm. you know, where things are time sensitive, where things are multi layered and trying to uh, take these rules and apply them to that. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of mental energy. And it <laughs> and it doesn't necessarily get you to the place where you're actually like the, taking all that training doesn't necessarily help you deal with the challenges that you're dealing with in a day yeah because you can do all that training and still be going I still have these same challenges it, it doesn't translate into whatever the team or what you know needs to do yeah to having yeah. a better team to being a better leader to being able to innovate to whatever whatever the challenge is yeah yes yeah for sure mm-hmm. so so what I talk about is inside out leadership development mm-hmm. where you you start from a place of what your challenges are. You know, mm-hmm. you look at that and then you begin mm-hmm. to to set those as goals. But you don't just look at challenges. You also look at your aspirations because mm-hmm. just like we've seen from purpose, when companies adopt purpose or individuals adopt, pur- adopt purpose mm-hmm. and it just naturally kind of pulls us up, it naturally solves a lot of issues like engagement and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Well, Working with your aspirations also does that. Mm-hmm. Completely changes the way you approach your days. You approach your work. Mm-hmm. You think this. It changes your conversation, your inner inner dialogue. Yeah. And then changing. You know, really, I talk a lot about um, getting people out of overwhelm and into empowerment. Mm-hmm. And I think that is really essential for leaders, although, I, I mean, we're all leaders. We all should be leaders in our own lives, right? We should all mm-hmm. consider ourselves leaders, at least in our own lives. Um, and getting yourself, learning what it takes to create more inner peace and mm-hmm. have less inner struggle, that's huge for leaders, right? That opens up because there's all this... Uh, all this energy and resources that we waste on our inner struggles, right? So much is wasted. And so even 
even if we can reduce that noise a little bit, mm-hmm. you've now opened up this whole area for your mind and your consciousness and your brain to function in a different way and actually focus on more of the things that you'd want. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested, um, uh, uh, just to take that a little bit further, my work has to do with teaching people how to connect with their own inner guidance system as leaders, as, as whatever it is that they're doing in their lives. How important have you, what's the importance you place on that? I think that's absolutely important. We have, we live in a society that's, that has taught us to be left brain dominant. Mm-hmm. That has taught us to that we're supposed to be left brain dominant. That that left brain, that rational side of us, or part of us, piece of us, is supposed to be in control. Now the problem is that it's created an us. It's created an unbalanced system in us. Mm-hmm. It's created a system where we are fighting against ourselves, mm-hmm. and we have lost connection with the fact that. That rational brain is not the only way to access information, Mm -hmm. that it is meant to be, we are meant to have a balanced system Mm -hmm. and balanced consciousness and be able to uh, not fight ourselves all the time. But it's so deeply embedded. Like, I'm sure you've heard people say, uh, talk about the reptilian brain, how Mm -hmm. we have a reptilian brain. Right. Okay. That is a complete myth. We don't have a reptilian brain. It's a myth that comes out of the 1950s. It's called the triune theory. Right, right. I remember it. Yeah. And so it's this idea that you, you have, there's a reptile brain that, that um, developed first. And then wrapped around that came the mammalian brain with the emotions. Mm-hmm. And then finally developed the human part, the unique human part with the rational brain. Mm-hmm. And so the rational brain is supposed to control these other <laughs> parts. But uh, you know what? It's, it's, it's not true at all. We do, our brains did not develop like that. There is no reptilian brain. We share more components with other species than differences. Um, it, it's completely false. And it puts us in this, this pattern of fighting against ourselves. Yeah. Right. And, and thinking that we have to fight this reptilian part of ourselves that actually doesn't exist. And so we cease to actually listen to each, to ourselves because we are so fearful. We put, put in we are now operating from a fear based place mm-hmm. fighting now, against you, ourselves. When you say it doesn't exist, I think what you're saying, but I want to check it out. Um, it's not that there is a part of your brain, there's different parts of your brain, but it's not that triune model. It's not old and something that needs to be controlled. Yeah, it's that whole model of we need to control or we need to fear parts of ourselves mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. put us into struggle against ourselves. Yeah, yep, yep. So it can be anything from fighting, you know, making our brain into a battlefield by believing in the reptilian brain mm-hmm. to fighting the ego. Mm-hmm. The ego is another construct. Mm-hmm. We can talk about that more. Um, to fighting negative emotions, mm-hmm. to fearing, to, to be put in a place where we have been taught to fear our emotions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that, Catherine. It, it, um, it, it opens the doors to being able to, to see what else is possible as a way to access what is needed in any given situation. And that it doesn't have to come from that little slice of ourselves that we've decided or been taught is what we're supposed to give credence to. 
Yeah. And, you know, that type of thinking, like we, the thing is, it, 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 it wires our brain in a certain way. Mm-hmm. And so now we're at a place where we need to wire our brain differently. We need yes. to think differently. Mm-hmm. And, and as much as there's a lot of stuff out there, there's still not a lot of st- understanding of, it's just not a lot of deeper understanding. Like we're still talking meditation when we should be talking brain states. Mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. and and what how we get empowered around that mm-hmm. because Say more about that well so often i hear i mean i hear i talk to people about meditation a lot so i hear people say oh that you know it didn't work for me ah. um mm-hmm. you know i was really anxious right. but i also you know just a couple of weeks ago i talked to a a ceo and he he was, uh, he meditates, but he does it. He says, it feels like a task. You know, he does it because he's heard of the benefits, right? right. I'm supposed to do this. Therefore I, will. I, yeah, I'll do it because I've, I've read about all the benefits. Now the issue with that is all those benefits aren't actually quite true because what they've done is they've researched all these different kinds of meditations. Mm-hmm. And when people are reporting on the benefits, they're reporting on benefits from different types of meditation. Mm-hmm. So just because you do a single meditation does not mean you're getting what that benefit. Mm-hmm. And so you need to start. I, I talk about starting with your goal for meditation. And that should be your, your larger goals for what you want your next reality to be, what you want your next master level of mastery to be. Yes. Of self-mastery. Right? Of self-mastery. Mm-hmm. Is, and, and, and external. What, what do you want also, you know, the two come together, the, your mm-hmm. self-mastery and the external world. What are those goals? And then, and then find your meditation practice. Mm-hmm. But don't just passively choose your meditation practice. And don't be passive in it. Don't be passive in it. People you think know, of meditation as being a passive activity. And... As I teach it, 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 it has nothing to do with passivity. It, has, it, it's, it, it may be going into the deep, quiet place, but it's being very active in the way in which we are available to receive and make ourselves available. Yeah, and, 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 and I mean, there are just lots of different, mm-hmm. different goals around it. So I, again, I just say go back and, and, and look at what you want to accomplish. And it doesn't mean you'll do the same practice every day. I certainly don't. Well, yeah. And it's not about doing the same practice. No. Yeah. So I'd love to talk with you a little about, about power. You talked about empowerment just a few minutes ago and about how there are the certain ways that we are with ourselves that are disempowering. Um, and, and it seems that leaders often fear power. So let, let's kind of open that up and, and speak about that, if you will. Yeah, there's a difference between outer power and inner power or authentic mm-hmm. power. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we're having a conversation about this enough, and particularly not in the workplace mm-hmm. and not with leaders. Um, you know, we were talking before about my story about having a foot in two worlds, mm. me having a foot in two worlds, because I really felt... Um, I was an environmental consultant before, mm-hmm. and I really felt like I had this personal world and then my work world, and they were very different. And, you know, my personal world included sort of a, 
my own personal mastery and spiritual development and all those kinds of things and all those practices that were really a central part of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, But they weren't coming over to the other side. And I had to remake myself a lot as a consultant because um, the environmental budgets kept getting cut and cut and cut. (laughs) So I would have to remake work and remake work and remake work. (laughs) And eventually I moved into the corporate space with the environmental stuff. And what I found was that some of the conversation that I had been having in the environmental sector was actually quite small. Mm. And I went back and taught in the environmental. I start. I started to talk, teach like communications workshops and things, and they were kind of called called things you can learn from the corporate world, because what was happening with the environment in the environmental sector was they had. It was like they had. It was like there was a fear of power, and I think this is quite common in the nonprofit. For sure, and I'll I'll tell you how it translates to leadership in a little okay. bit. But mm-hmm. it was really common in the nonprofit because here are these people who have these visions. They have their purpose right up front, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. in a very strong way. Long before that became popular in the corporate sector, mm-hmm. um, yet they we've all seen power misused, right? We've all seen what it looks like when power is misused, and for many of us who want to do good in the world. We go, I don't want to do it that way. Yeah. And that's what the, the nonprofits saw for the corporates, right? They saw some corporations doing bad things. Right. <laughs> and they said, I don't, we don't want to do it that way. Mm-hmm. And they began to fear their own power. They stepped back from it. Mm-hmm. The problem was that affects their fundraising, that affects their ability to message, message well, mm-hmm. all those things, right? So learning to not fear that power, learning to that it's actually in an outside or an inside out, that there's a different kind, there are two different kinds of power. There are the people in the world who are just going out to get power, to grab power, to grab prestige, to grab money, to grab whatever, right? But those aren't the leaders I work with. Mm-hmm. The leaders mm-hmm. I work with, the people that, that are attracted to me are the ones who, um, they, it's service is very important to them. Right. Serving the world, making the world a better place, lifting people up, helping people develop. Those are all parts of them that they that they consider very important. Yes. And so for those people, often it's again that thing where they have seen power misused. Mm -hmm. Now they're in a position of power and they struggle with it. So it's that same kind of self-doubt, really, that gets set up of the fighting against themselves. Yeah, and, and the fighting against themselves because we haven't had this conversation about the difference between inner and outer power, right? And how to build influence that is yeah. authentic. Yeah. And just to be in yourself in that power as mm-hmm. well. You know, really learning to be in that power. Yes. Yeah, that's great. So... What do you think the consequence is to our society of this unconscious fear of power? Well, that's a good question (laughs) because uh, I think the consequence is huge. I think we've seen it playing out Mm -hmm. on a big scale in the last little while because when you leave a void in the leadership arena, Mm -hmm. there are plenty of people who are not qualified to be leaders who will step into it. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. Plenty, plenty, plenty of people. 
And so these people, the people, that, the kinds of people that we work with, the kinds of people that are listening now, you guys are the ones that need to step into your leadership. Yeah. You guys are the ones who are needed in an inexpressible way. Like mm -hmm. you are so needed to step into your power mm -hmm. and to step into your leadership in a much bigger way in, in to grow that mastery in your leadership. Mm -hmm. And how say more about that growing the mastery of that leadership. Well, that's the, that's the inside out approach that is changing the approach. Um, you know, losing things like self doubt, um, coming to, to more inner peace because our, our nervous systems right now are running in overdrive mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we don't realize it because we are very adaptive beings. So when we go through a period of stress, mm -hmm. we adapt to that, that stress and that becomes our new normal, even our, though our bodies now kind of like, maybe we're walking around like this or, you know, mm -hmm. whatever, that's just, oh yeah, this is how it is now. Right. <laughs> and I don't realize that I'm, I'm, you know, kind of whacked out. My nervous system is whacked out. And, and so then you going view the world through that whacked out nervous. And you're viewing. Th yeah, exactly. So, you know, learning how do I how do I get out of this overwhelm? How do I make sure I'm not on the road to burnout? Mm -hmm. How do I get to to a place of more empowerment? Mm -hmm. Right. This is about more, more empowerment. This is about connecting to more of your knowledge and your wisdom. Mm hmm. And opening up new perspectives and being able to access new kinds of knowledge, new kinds of knowledge and being able to use your brain in a different way. Mm -hmm. So really, I talk about when I talk about growth as a leader, um, I bring the concept of consciousness into it. Mm hmm. And I use the metaphor of a Great. building. I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I use the metaphor of a building, like a high rise building in New York. Mm -hmm. It's actually a borrowed meta metaphor from Carolyn Mace. Um, and, you know, when you get when you go in, you're on ground, the ground floor and it's a summer day, say, and you can smell the garbage because it's garbage day. And, you know, you can the cars are honking and there's lots of air pollution and, you know, lots of noise of all the just the city noise. And then you start to go up the floors and the floors are the kind of entering different kinds of types of consciousness, mm -hmm. growing your consciousness. And as you go up, the noise becomes less kind of uh, drowning. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can always go back and, and into that again, but mm -hmm. you have this option of moving out of it. And as you go up and you go up and you go up, you can see things you couldn't see at that ground level. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can see the landscape around you and you can realize, oh, my gosh, there's a there's a river over there. I never knew that river was over there. Um, you, and the, even the air quality changes as you rise and it gets quieter. You know, by the time you get up to the penthouse, it's very quiet. It's a very different space. And that's how our consciousness is. But we, we can't we can barely imagine what the next level is like when we're down below mm -hmm. and we try, like we're so afraid of change. Mm -hmm. It's like, we're trying to see the next room before we go into it because it's, it's like, I just want to check that it's okay. That it's, that it's all going to be good before I actually enter that room. And it doesn't work that way. Does <laughs> it doesn't it? work that way. And that's, we, that's we the fear base. Yeah, yeah. We can never see into what we're stepping into. Yeah. So we have to be willing to trust. 
Yeah, and we also have to change the way that we approach our self-development from a place of fear mm-hmm. and this idea that we have to do all this work, <laughs> right? And the, one of the reasons we have to do all this work is because we have set ourselves up to fight our own emotions. Yeah. And we need to change the way that we approach emotions. Things like emotional intelligence, that's just setting us up to fail. <laughs> That is not about that. What, how? Uh, Because it's an intellectual approach to emotions. Yeah. It's a construct. It's a construct. And it teaches awareness. I mean, there are so many, I'm actually writing a series of the pitfall, a series of articles on the pitfalls of emotional intelligence right now. Mm. And uh, this week will be the fourth. So there's a lot, Mm -hmm. there's a lot. And I know I have at least six and probably more. So, I mean, one of the things is that it's, yeah, it's this construct. Mm -hmm. And so it teaches awareness of emotions, but it doesn't teach people how to digest. It doesn't teach people how, how emotions function in your larger consciousness. Mm. And so you're in trouble because now what happens, it doesn't teach people about repression and suppression. Mm -hmm. So it can actually create more overwhelm and less inner peace and more inner struggle Mm -hmm. because now you're aware of all your emotions. You're aware of the emotions of others and you're trying to juggle all these things. All that it doesn't give you the skills to resolve or integrate. It just gives you, it just, so I've got all this awareness, but I don't have those other skills, those next level skills to to integrate. So now I'm juggling all these emotions. Mm -hmm. What happens when we're juggling all these emotions is when it becomes too much, instead of, blowing a gasket, mm-hmm. we repress. Mm-hmm. And it happens without our conscious awareness. Right. So I, I, I picture of it as a, a reservoir, as these reservoirs, kind of underground re- reservoirs of emotion mm-hmm. where, where we put this, these, these negative emotions, we, we bury them underground in these reservoirs. Mm-hmm. And people think, well, I feel okay. I don't, I don't, I'm not angry or whatever right now. So I, obviously it's gone, but they're not gone. Yeah. That's a pretty, pretty traditional psychological way of, of speaking about that. Yeah. And they're always, they're always pushing to come back in because. Mm -hmm. That's where explosions sometimes happen. (laughs) Exactly. So that's why when you, when you get angry about something and you blow up, it's because you've tapped that reservoir. Right. Right. And all that emotion just comes rushing up. Yeah. And it's always trying to come back because you we're always seeking growth. We're always seeking healing mm-hmm. naturally. We're kind of wired for it. Mm-hmm. So it's coming. It's seeking to come back in for for so we can be more coherent. Yes. Yes. So so EQ. Um, yeah, it actually creates more repression. It uh, possibly it can, it can. create it can. Yeah, it I mean, can. I've seen people work with it differently. It's not something that it, it is in my wheelhouse. I mean, it is, but it's it's not how I choose to work or see things. But it, it, yeah, I, I I have seen people as they talk about it and as they teach it, it seems to have more more roundedness. I want to say, like, hopefully, maybe they've gone the next step with that because I I, I totally agree that we that the learning how to be with that energetically, uh, energetically, structurally in our lives, how to be with our emotions and how not to let them, you know, run the show 
but also not to ignore or repress as you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So there's so much, there's so much that you're bringing forward. So, um, I'm thinking about, you know, the change makers of the world, the people who are, who have come upon what their passion is, what their goal is, what their, you know, not goal, but what their sense of purpose is. They've seen something in the world that they want to, to transform. They want to change. What, what message would you give to them about taking that next level, that next step of connecting with their personal power in a real way? In a real way. It's hard to give a general response to that, mm -hmm. um, but I think that a general response would be when you feel like you're stuck and you're going to, I think you're actually being called to take your gift deeper. Mm. And it's you're gonna you're gonna fight that probably. <laughs> oh, I think I, I'm I totally. You're gonna be like, I've taken it deep enough. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, <laughs> I've yep. done the work, and you need to go. Okay, just that away and what does it mean what does that actually mean what would that mean where I am right now to take this deeper mm -hmm. even just putting that question out there exactly yeah it's a great question I I love it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I think that would be the thing that you're going to get stuck sometimes and then uh, then realize oh this is probably an opportunity to go deep. This is an opportunity to go deeper. I mean, we have this whole new age thing that happens that teaches people that when things come up, that's bad. You know, really? they teach, yeah, it's like the, the kind of the idea of the, the attraction, the, the law of the attraction, like you're attracting mm -hmm. the wrong things. Uh, but, this, but the thing is, if you're on the road of transformation and growth, mm -hmm. stuff is going to come up. Sure. So don't feel like you failed because stuff came up. <laughs> feel like you're succeeding because get, stuff get has curious. come up. Yeah. yeah. Get, get curious. curious. Get, get go. Oh, this is something that I'm now integrating to a new level. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And if we go back to your um, metaphor of the, the high rise, the skyscraper, you know, as we go to different levels, what I've experienced is that I feel like I'm starting anew. Like mm -hmm. I know nothing. Mm -hmm. I, I'll wake up and I'll look at myself in the mirror and I'll say, well, like, who are you? Because, and I know now, because it's happened so many times that it's like something has moved me into the next step or the next level. Yep. And I don't know because if I decide that I know, then I'm stuck just rehashing what I already did and yep. what I already thought about and what I already thought I knew. But now with that sense of, okay, I'm, I'm a neophyte. <laughs> yeah, and that's, the, that's, a, that's also the change between a lot of self-development, which is struggle and, and difficulty, mm -hmm. to, that, to that, oh, this is a, a joyful practice. This is a right. joyful, not a practice, but a way of living. A way of right? living, right. This is a joyful way to look at life. Mm -hmm. This is a joy, because 
I think that we are again wired for that evolution. We are wired yes. to grow and develop. Yeah. And, and to remember, to remember, I want to say to remember who we really are. Yeah, to open, to uncover, to mm-hmm. explore, to rise, all those things. All those right? words, all those, all great those things. Words, yeah. All those great discovery words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, but they have so much more room than fixing. Mm-hmm. You know, fixing implies something being broken. Yeah. And yet that takes us back to leadership. You know, this idea, there's a lot of that in the leadership development, right? We're fixing this problem that you have or this, mm-hmm. we're fixing this, this leadership um, lack that you have, right? <laughs> yes. And that's not, you're a good, you're a good leader. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be where you are if you weren't a good leader. That doesn't mean you so, don't so want to grow. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's the, the best thing in life is to feel like you're moving into your potential every day yes more and more yes you know and I know that um a lot of people who are listening today um have been working on self-development or personal growth or evolution whatever we want to talk about it for maybe a long time um and you talk about how sometimes people that have been doing that don't feel like they've gotten to the place where they want to be. They don't feel as liberated or, or they, they feel like there's still something that they haven't tapped into. Um, can you talk about some of the things that keep people stuck? Yeah, you know, I think, Lori, we can go back to talking about the emotions, really, because one of the thing about thing, well, there are many things about the emotions that we need to change our <laughs> viewpoint on. One of them is we need to realize how profound and influencing emotions are in our lives. Because so far we're trying to put them to the side and go, no, we're, I got, I got total control here. <laughs> I, I'm enlightened now. I'm over my emotions. Mm. And. We that that's not I don't think that's going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen as long as we're humans. Mm -hmm. And then to change the way that we interact with our emotions. So, you know, even the spiritual and religious teachings, all the teachings say there are these bad emotions. You know, anger is bad, and all these things. And we really need. I I, I want to. I want to interrupt you for a second. They don't all say that. They don't all say that. Yeah, I mean, I'm a spiritual teacher, and I don't say that. (laughs) That's good. That's good. (laughs) But we still have that kind of legacy within our culture, right? Mm -hmm. And so so we have to – it has to be a conscious thing, a conscious um, changing our relationship with with our emotions. Mm -hmm. Realizing that, you know – Anger isn't bad because you feel angry does not mean you're a bad person. And that has been the kind of unconscious message that has been given. Mm-hmm. You know, if I feel anger, then I'm bad. And so I don't want to feel anger. So I hold it outside of my consciousness mm-hmm. because a, it's overwhelming or it makes me a bad person or all those things or jealousy. Right. Mm-hmm. That makes me a bad person. But they're not bad. They're actually they're like your North Star. Mm-hmm. They come with wisdom. Mm-hmm. And if you learn to actually digest the emotions, you, it's like digestion. You take them in, they become part of your, your body, mm-hmm. and you let go of the wastes from them, and you take in the, the gift from them, the, the nourishment from them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're, and you, you know, you, you, it's not like you follow them will, willy-nilly. It's not like you even follow your intuition willy-nilly. Mm-hmm. You, but you take it as a source of, uh, information. 
yes. a source of knowledge. Yeah. And then you put it all together in with all your sources of knowledge. So I think that's the place, the fighting of the emotions and teaching people not to fight, not to, the, to decrease that inner struggle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think that's a big transformation point. Yeah, that's a way to get unstuck. Yeah, a way to get unstuck. Yeah. And so the, the next step, what is the next step for you um, in the way that you work with people as people start to get unstuck? What, what's the way, what's the movement towards the next dimension, the next level? You know, it, it varies from person to person um, because I do work very closely with people's kind of individualized paths. Mm-hmm. And we do work with, you know, starting, we, we do take in all those things. We talk about, okay, what are your current challenges? Mm-hmm. Because again, you can do lots of development work and never actually, and then come back to your daily life and felt like, feel like you still have the same challenges. Mm. So making sure that that's a component mm-hmm. and making sure that the aspirations piece is in there. Uh-huh. The one that kind of lifts you up, yes. um, making sure that, that what I call is kind of, I call it elevated purpose making sure that elevated purpose about putting yourself into a bigger conversation, making mm-hmm. sure that you are in a bigger conversation because I, I know lots of people who have these, um, they have all this stuff that, that that kind of urge to evolution. I call it the call of the authentic self within them mm-hmm. and they're they're but they're surrounded by maybe friends and family who, aren't having that, or they don't have a place to have that conversation. If you really want to be going up those levels of, of the high rise of consciousness, then you need to put yourself into a bigger conversation. And what does that mean to put yourself into a bigger conversation? Um, that can mean a lot of different things. It can mean making sure that you are surrounded by people talking about those things. Ah, mm-hmm. Right. That's mm-hmm. one community community you can um again be too busy and not taking time to actually have that conversation within yourself Mm -hmm. that happens a lot with people who are are wanting to develop um i just went for a, a walk the other day with a friend who said and she's you know she's very much somebody who's interested in spirituality and things like that and growth but she said, you know, I've had lots of time during this pandemic, but I haven't taken the time really to be with myself. Mm, mm-hmm. So that self-reflection or what I call inner research. Yeah. It's not been part of the package for her. Yeah. Yeah. You have to put some some time to to listen. Yeah. Not so just kind of put time. out, not just, I mean, our, our hopes and our dreams and what we want for our new reality is, it's always kind of. You know, it's like this within us. It's making lots of noise, but mm-hmm. you have to come and settle down and have a conversation with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Settle down and actually write it or be with it or yeah. listen to it. Right? The dialogue. Because otherwise it just, it's in the busyness of everyday life. It just sort of stays. Mm-hmm. It doesn't move. It doesn't move forward. Yeah. That's great. I think that's so important to build in time for, for that inner listening. Still in time for inner listening and also that um, to understand that we are spending too much time in beta state, brain state right now. 
and that all of our technology is taking us back to stay in beta brain state. Mm -hmm. And that is why we're seeing the high levels of depression and mental Mm -hmm. illness is because our brain needs the other states like uh, theta and alpha Mm -hmm. to recover. Mm -hmm. And it's also the states where you you access things like flow and intuition Mm -hmm. and other kinds of knowing. Exactly. I mean, they they speak another language, and that's the other thing is you is they speak a very that other side of your brain speaks a very different language. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy not to see it, yes, because it speaks the language of feelings, of sensations, exactly. of of pictures, of metaphor, of, of, of yeah. metaphor, of images, of all that, right? And we have been taught. We've grown up in a school system that's taught us left to focus on the left brain, mm-hmm. but we have not been taught the equivalent. Of focusing on the right brain, of focusing on and I, the le- not left it's brain, not really right left brain. and right. I know, yeah. yeah. But it, I use it anyway because how else the heck do you talk about these things? <laughs> yeah, but it's really it, that's such such an important um, thing to to look at with our school systems. And I've tried to get in at different points, and it's still something that I, you know, in the back of my mind, I have a couple of projects that, uh, or the back of the back burner, is a couple of projects that I want to do with kids. Because it's, it is about that they are our next leaders. And if we can build this into the way that they're taught, the way that, they're, that they can keep that connection, we have a, a head start then on yeah. changing the world. Yeah, for sure. We, we, we definitely need to understand our brains and our consciousness and our emotions and how that all functions all together. And, yes. and so that we actually create better minds Mm, better beings because better beings it's not minds i mean i really say you know we need to stop talking about mindset and start talking about consciousness yeah wow Mm -hmm. so because it's because mind tends in our unconsciously or consciously it tends to take us toward that idea of left brain Right. right right absolutely and we need that larger we need the larger container. We need, need the larger container. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Catherine, how can people um, get in touch with you? What's the best place to find out more about you and your work? Um, you can check out my website. It's uh, www.mindfulness. No, sorry. I can't remember my own website. <laughs> mindfulness. H-I-G-H-E-R, mindfulness.com. Um, you can check me out on LinkedIn. Please follow me on LinkedIn. That's where I'm posting a lot of my content these days. So you can find out, uh, the other pitfalls of emotional intelligence there (laughs) and lots of other things about consciousness and leadership and changing our brains. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah. And you can contact me through my website. If you want to find out more, please. Or if you have any questions, please. Great. I, I, I think you've offered so much today. And um, I love that you've also given us where, where we can see some of those articles and things that you're in the middle of writing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Catherine, for an, an illuminating conversation. Thank you, Lori. Thank you for having me and for being such a wonderful host. Mm-hmm. And thanks for being with us today at Wisdom Talk Radio. Join us here regularly for more wisdom, discovery, and illumination. 
Remember, you can find us on your favorite place to listen to your podcasts. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review because when you leave a review, that helps other people to access the wisdom. And then, you know, the bottom line of all of this is about transforming the world. And for more about fast-tracking your ideas to creation and revenue, find me, Laurie Seymour, over at the BACA, that's B-A-C-A, institute.com. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook.